All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the ninth episode of the Neural Networker. It's an awesome experience so far hosting uh, this uh, newly launched podcast, and um, you know it's been a journey so far with you guys. And I and I'm uh, of course monitoring the analytics, and um, you know I can see that the viewership or the listening ship. <laughs> of uh, of the show is steadily growing, steadily growing. Um, those of you who turned in uh, from Twitter, um, thank you. And um, you know, you've been following my Twitter page. Uh, you can see that I'm sure there's a constant. You can see, I'm sure you can you can see that there's a constant stream of posts. Um, of course, uh, generated by uh, myself and ChatGPT. And uh, not just sorry, not ChatGPT, but GPT in general. So there's a lot, there's some API calls, but in addition to that, there's some also using um, ChatGPT uh, as well. Because and we'll get to that the later portion of this uh, episode. But yeah, there's um, you know some things that aren't necessarily solved. At least in my head, maybe there's a solution for it, but in my head, not for the API quite yet. But or I gotta I gotta do some more digging. Um, don't don't quote me on it or um, shoot me a message and let me know. Um, so you know the this time around, I wanted to do a little bit of a different groove uh, than the rest of the shows. The rest of the shows, um, majority of them at least. Um, have been guided and 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 and, and created uh, more or less like the idea wise from uh, ChatGPT. Um, this time around, I wanted to kind of just have a free flow chat, pun <laughs> uh, intended, uh, without actually AI's assistance here. I wanted to chat a little bit about some of the new events. Um, you know, since our last episode, it's been about a week or so, and. Um, you know, there's been a lot of stuff happening lately. Um, Jeff Hinton, you know, uh, who's uh, been deemed the godfather of AI, has left Google. Um, and, you know, Jeff Hinton, you know, so he's from U of T, and I'm originally uh, from Toronto, um, you know, back and forth a lot US and uh, whatnot. But, you know, definitely uh, spent majority of my life, most of my life, um, in Toronto, and I can tell you that you know he's uh, you know I knew about him since a long you know since way back if you will a long since a while ago, and um, you know he's he's always one of the cool things about him is that he's so humble and so cool, but you know he's actually had uh, such impact. Every single the neural network basically uses his uh, you know invention or his his kind of solution, which is back propagation. Um, and for those of you who don't know, uh, backpropagation is the method in which weights are adjusted within a neural network. So, uh, and that the, the adjustment of weights within that neural network, um, or the, the think of the graph of it, at least you know, uh, think of it, and the, the weights are adjusted. Then each time the weights are adjusted, you're kind of training the network or the or the the brain. Um, and uh, obviously, there's he's had a lot more. Uh, contributions to the, the the scientific community. I'm just kind of boiling it down to one of the biggest ones, which was a while ago. Um, and he also had ImageNet, I believe, or was it AlexNet or ImageNet? Um, you know, where his CNN surpassed, you know, a lot of um, uh, past benchmarks and so forth in terms of accuracy. Max pooling, you know, became a thing. You know, so, and that was like what five years ago, I think, six years ago. Um, and yeah, so he left. 
and that's a big event and you know i want to chat about a little bit about that with you guys today um also in addition to that meta um has launched or had launched an open source um llm right so open ai and google you know google bard um have been closed source meaning that you know the community doesn't have access to it right it's not open Meta just recently launched their Llama um, source code and opened it up. And also, I believe there's a paper on it. I haven't really read the whole thing. Actually, I haven't read any of it, to be frank with you. I want to actually go check it out. But yeah, so that one actually was a big event simply because since its release, a lot of... And, you know, we've touched on this before in, uh, in the previous episodes... Um, there's going to be a quiz at the end uh, <laughs> to see if you've been listening. But uh, basically, open source is really cool because it opens up to the whole world, right? And open source has been one of the, the foundations of software uh, success the industry as an industry up until now, right? And it's exponential growth up until now. Um, so since Meta's release of Llama, we've seen some really good like insane improvements and in 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 very very crazy time frames like within two weeks we saw um like substantial and significant uh, significant improvements and uh so there was recently i think today there was an article or something like that leaked quote unquote who knows what these leaked things are but anyways they say it leaked um and they talked about how oh you know google doesn't have a moat and neither does OpenAI, meaning that um, you know neither of them are protected because of these open source uh, concept, and it's just getting better and better. And they're kind of saying that who knows, we, Google or uh, like the first to AGI, basically that's the race right now. Um, the first to AGI might not be by Google or or Meta; it might be by some small shop, because right now it seems like they've been doing better. Um, with much less resources, you know what I mean? Like much less resources, they they have much less uh, parameters, um, much le- much less GPUs, um, and they're able to do to clock better performance, which is which is interesting, right? And we're getting, um, you know, open AIs and and Google's models right now are incrementally better than the open source ones that you can find available. Um, that's available out there. Really cool, right? I mean, I find that to be fascinating because, I mean, we're talking about Google here, right? Uh, these are, they're the inventors of Transformers, from what I understand, no? Like, um, and uh, it's very interesting, all of this. Yeah, now, so now going back to, to Jeff Hinton. So he left Google, right? So he left Google. And he made it very clear that, you know, he didn't leave Google because he, he thought that Google was being irresponsible with AI. And, you know, I actually hear from the community itself um, that they are, Google is, are, are, they are good stewards of AI. They are good handlers, they're responsible. And uh, he, he made it very clear, and I think a lot of people within the, the industry would agree to that, that it wasn't because of that. And he, he left so that he could actually vocalize his concern about just in general um, creating an, a, a, a being that's more intelligent than us. And he talked about, 
he did an interview recently and he talked a little bit about, you know, there aren't many instances where there's an intelligent uh, being that's being controlled by a less intelligent being. And, you know, that's an interesting point. Um, you know, I made a I made a little funny post on LinkedIn some time ago, and it was uh, it was like uh, it, was some, it was something around like, oh yeah, we so let's say we achieve AI, AGI, um, you know, and then AGI is achieved, it gets smart, it gets better, um, and guess what? It can improve on itself. It can improve on its own model. It can improve on GPU chips, uh, improve on hardware. Um, and then basically create a physical form for itself and create an army, create factories um, uh, for itself and uh, basically multiply um, physically if it needs to. And uh, it's able to be intelligent. Jeff Hinton is kind of pointing at, well, not kind of, he is directly uh, mentioning it, that if they're able to, if they're more intelligent than you, then they can manipulate you. You know, whether you even know it or not, you're being coerced into something um, that might not be beneficial to you because they're more intelligent than you. So, yeah, you know, let's just let's just take a moment right now and let that sink in. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, you know, so... And I'm going to even take it one step further for you guys, okay? So, once we achieve this super intelligent being that's more intelligent than humans and able to improve on itself and get smarter and get and and find better ways to build itself better chips better manufacturing techniques better um, materials uh, better everything then what right so then what if these super intelligent beings figure out how to travel in space and figure out interplanetary travel? You know, what if they figure out, okay, a certain technology, right? Because remember, they're super intelligent and they figure out how to manipulate gravity, for example. And by being able to manipulate gravity, you have a propulsion technique that can that can make you go reach speeds, um, which like you've seen in the UFO uh, videos and, and makes you defy quote-unquote physics, Euclidean physics and math as we know it. Um, unfortunately, we don't really know much about gravity <laughs> as humans at, at the state of intelligence that we are in. Um, we don't know much. That's the reality of it. So once we do figure it out, right? So once we do figure it out, oh, sorry, the aliens, I'm sorry, the AI, AGI, super intelligent beings figure out. Um, and they're able to go and travel to planets and galaxies far, far away, light years away and come back. Now, for anyone who's studied a little bit of quantum physics or at least knows a little bit about it or even read about, um, you know, Einstein's theory of relativity, you know, they know that, you know, if you if you travel in space and you 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 you've, you travel fast enough, close enough to the speed of light, 300,000, I believe, kilometers per second or kilometers per, yeah, per hour or a second. <laughs> Shoot. Um, yeah, I think it's kilometers per second. Um 
It's very fast, basically. <laughs> and basically, the problem is that if you reach the sp uh, that speed, mass becomes infinite, which is not possible. That's the, the, the main limiting factor. But again, that's based on Euclidean physics and the knowledge that we have. So I don't really know, and um, I haven't really looked too deep into it, to be honest with you, to, to know enough about it. Uh, I looked, but not enough to, to comment on it on a podcast, on a public podcast. Um, but I can tell you that time travel is possible using um, space travel. <laughs> Basically, if you, if you go, um, let's say, to another planet, planet X, and it, you go and come back. Okay, now it took you one year, let's say, to go and come back. It was half a light year away. I'm just, whatever, arbitrary. Half a light year there, half a light year back, one year. Now, for you, it was one year, but maybe for us, it was a year and a half, right? So that right there is time travel, right? That's a bit of a, a little bit of a time warp. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of conspiracy theories and whatnot that throughout history and time, we've had aliens that came back. And, and uh, you know, but it's like, what if those aliens were actually from the future? Or what if those aliens were actually not even aliens? They weren't even real beings. What if earlier we were talking about the factories, right, of these machines, these AGIs are building machines for themselves. What if those UFO sightings, those actual unidentified objects, those machines, those machines themselves are the aliens. There's no aliens inside them. What if they themselves are the quote-unquote aliens. Those are the AGI machines that we've created from the future. And those are coming back and whatnot, and who knows at what point in time. <laughs> Crazy sci-fi right now, right? But uh, these are these are the, the, the realities, right? That's, that's uh, you know, take a moment, think about that for a second. <laughs> um, you know, I laugh because it's interesting. Uh, and I just don't know, you know, what what does it mean? You know, what does it mean? Are we going to actually um, slow down the progress of the research? Are we going to, you know, and scientists are actually torn apart on this, right? If you follow Yan LeCun, <laughs> uh, who's the the AI uh, the AI boss basically of Meta, and uh, you know he's he's also a very world renowned scientist. And um, he doesn't really agree with pause, right? He doesn't really agree that human humanity is, is under, um, you know, in, during a sensitive time, more or less, right now. Um, yeah, you know, so at the very minimum, like, you know, if it's, if it's not going to be an existential threat to humans, at the very minimum, I think we can all agree that this will be um, an economical threat an economic threat to humans and as a society we do need a little bit um not a little bit we do not need to think how is this going to impact us and how is this going to think about uh, impact our kids futures not only our kids futures but excuse me this tea is amazing uh how is it going to impact your future in the next couple of years <laughs> because you know one of the things that's super amazing about all this is that the apis because of the APIs and because of the prompt engineering, you can actually create software using prompting. So you can actually prompt this thing, okay, to spit out code. Okay, so let's say, for example, you, you create a piece of software, okay, now behind it, 
there's an, a, an, a, an API call. Basically, it calls the engine behind the scenes and it tells you to do something and it returns that something and it gives it back to the user. So basically, the engine, the machines, um, are all done by prompting or API calls to these, these um, or prompts basically to large language models, large language models. Yeah, again, let that sink in, right? And, you know, we, of course, Data Finery, um, you know, we're taking advantage of this stuff. We're building uh, stuff uh, for ourselves. And guess what? We're a very small shop, and so are a lot of other people. You know, big companies are doing this. Every single, I think, boardroom, <laughs> meeting room in the last little while has been, hey, what's going to be our play? What are we doing? What's our, what's our GPT software? Um, you know, it's definitely... In the next year or so, you're going to see so many new apps being spun out. You're going to see AI this, AI that everywhere, right? Because the foundation for developers, for builders all over the world has been laid now, okay? So then now you just need to take these things and just put it together. Imagine you want to put together a go-kart, right? Putting a, Put together a go-kart, you need an engine, you need to put all those different things. Okay? Now, making an engine from scratch is, is a lot of work. Most people won't do that. But you know, if you're actually interested and you know you know something, you know your way around tools and, and ratchet and stuff like that, and you're able to put something together, um, you could buy a motor, you can buy a gearbox, you can buy all these different things, a frame, a subframe, you know, a differential, all these things, put it together and get yourself a mini cart going. Go-kart, same concept over here, right? Not the engine, the engine, that machine has been built, and that that engine could do anything, really. <laughs> like it can Legit do anything. And GPT-4, it's gotten very smart. I don't know, I, I saw an uh, infographic of the benchmark tests and the differences between 3.5 and 4. And it was pretty diff like it was pretty substantial. Um, and of course, on different things that it performs uh, better and different ones it performs worse or uh, the relative score, I guess, between GPT-4 and, and 3.5. is And some of them is greater, some of them is less. Nonetheless... My point is, you know, it it's beyond what most people think, which is, you know, you're, it's just a chat bot and you're talking to it and, and you just kind of, you have to ask it questions. Well, no, like very soon you're going to interact with software, but behind that software, under that hood of that software, there's actually prompting going on with an AI engine and that AI engine is doing stuff and returning it to you as the user. Okay, craziness. Now, what does this mean to every one of us? Okay, now, there is an actual threat. You know, there's a real threat, I would say, to everyone's roles, and we have to actually consider this. Now, we, we as humans have to always remain, we have to think of ways to remain relevant. Individuals. Ultimately, that's what it's coming down to, right? We must come up with clever ways. We've got to be clever, right? That's why we always say intelligent, intelligent being, okay, is going to control the, the sub-intelligent, the subpar inferior being so we have to be clever okay we have to be clever and remain um useful to something some way some in some way shape or form okay so now what does that mean now we've had all this stuff we've had now ai that's going to basically mean yes it is going to replace a lot of jobs i actually saw um earlier today a company named by the name of chegg it tanked because apparently the CEO actually admitted that, that this company is is facing an existential threat because it's I think it's an ed tech, um, basically education is teaching, uh, and now because schools and whatnot everyone's been using ChatGPT and you know so they're tanking 
um, big time. And that's the first basically casualty. <laughs> that was the, that was the the headline. Um, and yeah, and I, and I see that happening more and more. And this is just the beginning. And the next year, I see a lot of changes, a lot of changes in roles and careers. Um, now, I'm not saying that in necessarily a bad way. I'm not saying in a panicky way, but I am saying in a way that such that you should think about it. Okay, such that you know you gotta think. Okay, what I am right now, what I need to be, in like what I was pre GPT era, if you will, pre AI era. You need to produce more now, okay? Because what's happening is everybody else around you is. If you don't, you're gonna you're gonna fall behind, right? So you know, basically, you are able to put somebody in a in a seat that requires somebody who's intermediate to senior, but you could put a junior person into that seat now. So this now um, allows the company to be able to operate at um, a higher level without increasing their expenditure from a financial point of view. So this kind of looks like there's going to be a phase shift in seniority, right? So that seat, which was an intermediate to senior seat, is now being filled by juniors with assisted by AI. And that means that if you're an intermediate to senior now, you need to up your game, right? So what's going to look like, in my opinion now, okay? This is just one person's opinion, of course. It's going to basically dilute the labor market, okay? Or dilute the labor rate when it comes to the middle section of the skill sets, if you were, or the skill demand. If you're if you're exceptional, let's say, you know, at whatever it is that you do, let's just pick a profession, okay? Just for whatever. If you're exceptional at what you do, Okay, and you're top tier because let I me mean, let's just take a moment and be honest with us with ourselves for a second. You know, we're not uh, you're not all equal. We're not the same as our peers in terms of performance, right? We're not uh, in everything else we are, um, but we're ranked individually. We're ranked differently. We're not all paid the same, you know. Um, and there's a reason for that. I'm just I'm just being honest. I'm taking a moment to be real and genuine. So you know, those who are on the upper end. Okay, of of the demand um, uh, spectrum, uh, those are gonna be in higher demand in my opinion now because they're valuable because they've always been valuable. They have a breadth of experience they can provide um, that they can consist with the juniors and the machines. Um, I think also this is going to actually help the the juniors a bit more. Folks who are you know learning, wanting to get into a new field. Uh, folks who are actually passionate but don't necessarily have the skill sets um, that have the social skills, have the soft skills, have the creative skills, have the human skills, the the people skills. This is going to put you in higher demand. That's what I think. Okay. So now that leaves the rest of us. <laughs> the rest of us for the rest of us, right? So you know what we have now is the the, the average which is always by definition the majority, right? That bell curve, you have the middle of it. Um, you know, we've gotten rid of those outliers, right? Those edge cases, we said, okay, those ones are gonna do well in this situation. Now, that means this middle section, what are we gonna do here? So now there's gonna be a skills, you know, um, seniority shift, okay? So if you're somebody who you feel is, you know, like not on the, the, the upper, upper end of the, the world, the rock stars, the 1% of the world or the 2% of the world, but you're also not a junior, you're in that middle section. 
and you know you have a family you know you're happy um i would definitely recommend at least taking a look at how you can leverage ai what tools are out there the very minimum just have a conversation with chat gpt just you know if you're having dinner tonight maybe ask it what you can have for dinner tell it you know give it a list of all the ingredients you have in your fridge and tell it you know these are what i have I'm in the mood for something delicious, you know, but savory or whatever, spicy, whatever you're in the mood for, tell it, guide it and see what it's coming up with. If it gives you an answer, correct it. Say, hey, you know what, this is, I don't like that. I only like something like this and see what it comes up with. You might like it. <laughs> I'm just saying. Then you could do it. You can start using it for things you couldn't even, you didn't ever thought about. Um, just advice brainstorming if you can if you can if you're having trouble making life decisions just try it out you'll again you'll be surprised nonetheless it's something that i think we all need to adopt and 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 adopt our lifestyles too um because of the things that i just mentioned i i'm really curious to hear what everybody else thinks um if you've listened if you've gotten all the way to this part <laughs> thank you and uh, i want to hear from you you know i want to hear your your input you know what do you think do you agree with what i think um you know or or do you think that something different is going to happen you know and i and i and i don't know if it's if it's a happy go lucky <laughs> future or not because um i will say that the ones going back to one of the statements i said earlier the big tech, the big companies, I mean, are going to have resources to do a lot of these automations, build these softwares um, and build these tools. And they're just going to get bigger, you know. And if we're going to say that, if we're going to assume that it's a you know, net zero sum game, that means the smaller guy is going to get smaller, which means that the gap is just going to get bigger. And when a gap gets bigger, it's generally not healthy from a socioeconomic or so from a societal point of view, crime, just society is not as healthy so you know i don't know where i see this heading in the next uh you know five ten years i don't um i don't know if it's dystopian i don't know if it's utopian i just know that there's definitely going to be some substantial changes in the next year okay and i say rapid i mean rapid the, the way that it's going right now, even after asking for a pause, you know, like two weeks, within two weeks, we've had some insane growth, insane improvements. Um, and yeah, you know, all I could say is that we're definitely, we need to start thinking. We need to start thinking, you know, how could this impact what I'm doing? Can, can this replace me entirely? Um, ask yourselves, what value can I bring? You know, ask yourselves, what do I, what can I do? How can I always be relevant? And just keep that in mind, right? Because at the end of the day, remember, um, just if I'm, I'm a simple guy. <laughs> I like to keep things simple, you know? I don't think humans are different than animals. We are just, not, we're not, we're not separate than nature. You know, we're not outside of nature. We are a part of nature. Um, and, <clears throat> you know, just like any other animal out there, we're we're all here trying to kind of um, improve society, but from a very uh, evolutionary point of view, we want to we want our seeds to pass on, right? We want our seeds to our genes to pass through the gates of natural selections for centuries on end. Um, so we're programmed. To, to search a, a strong gene, you know, and we, we show the world that we're strong by we're clever, you know, and you have to survive in this world, you know, 
just like you watch National Geographic. <laughs> you know, you see those little gazelles or the lions or this and that. They're always just trying to survive. Everyone sees a predator, they're hiding. Everyone, there's always a predator. You know, whatever you are, you will still, even if you're a predator, you will there will always be somebody else trying to hunt you. Except if you're an eagle or a falcon, there's no one that can, you know, get to you. <laughs> I love those animals. Those birds are amazing. Um, yeah, so, you know, we are just trying to survive and we just need to be clever. We need to be clever in keeping ourselves and, and making ourselves relevant constantly. Right? Anyways, guys, thank you um, for joining in and listening to me ramble <laughs> for the ninth time. And, um, you know, I hope that, you know, we enjoy, you enjoy these chats. And again, I want to hear from you. I'd love to hear your input. Um, at the very least, tell me some suggestions if you have, you know, some of the things you want to hear about. Thank you, guys. Um, you know, stay well, stay happy. Happy coding. Cheers. Adios.